0: So, uh, Father, we thank You for the Word of God this morning. We thank You for the Holy Spirit that alights upon Your Word. And that when the Holy Ghost alights upon the Word, the great power is released. Jesus demonstrated this principle. He is the living Word. And when the Holy Spirit alighted upon Him after the baptism by water, He went about dealing the devil, damaging blows. So, Lord, just let Your kingdom come. And a light upon the Word this morning in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, we want to continue talking this morning on the centrality of Jesus. We're laying Him as the foundation of our individual lives, our homes and families, our church, and beyond. We are laying Christ as the foundation. Our identity, our our value, our self-esteem comes from Jesus Christ our uh, source on a daily basis. We live connected to Jesus Christ. When we make disciples, we want to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Not Grace Church, but of Jesus Christ. And we want to put Him on display for all the world to see. Thank you, brother. We want to put Jesus on display uh, for all the world to see. He is the answer. He is God's total answer to man's total need. I saw a message this week. It talked about, you know, pastors, you guys, you got to keep your eye on what's going on socially so you can preach against uh, whether it's Asian uh, hate crime or this or that. Listen, I'm going to preach Jesus. Jesus is the answer to every hate crime we see in this country. I'm not going to get up here and talk about what the world's going to do. The world's going to world. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about Jesus Christ. He is God's total answer to man's total need. Whatever ails our society in this country, Jesus Christ is God's solution. We need Him living intimately and triumphantly in every human being's heart. Amen? Every American needs Jesus living and lording and lifing them on the inside. Amen. Sorry. Soapbox right off the top. Let's go to Luke 6, 46. Well, it's just like all these people. Like, they know better. Listen, we're going to listen to Jesus. We're going to do whatever He says to do. We'll call attention to what He says. Call attention to. But don't put your ideas on me or anybody else. Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? Well, we could stop there. Amen. I mean... (laughs) We we are committed to lay Christ as the foundation of our personal lives, our private lives, our married lives. Amen. I mean, He needs to be Lord of your marriage, your family, your church. But look at what He says here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Absolute owner. Right, Cindy? Yes. She's eaten that, that passage, that word. It means absolute owner. Why do you call me Lord and you don't do the things I say? Whoever comes to me, and that's us, we've come to Jesus. We love Him. And and here's my sayings, my teachings. And does them. Well, this is what He's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep. And then what? Laid the foundation on the rock. That's what we're doing. And when the floods came, the stream beat vehemently against the house, and it could not shake it. Anything that can be shaken will be shaken in the world. Till all that remains is the unshakable kingdom of God. For it was founded on the rock. So we're we're doing a series on the centrality of Jesus. And the major theme is we want to lay Jesus as the foundation of everything we are and everything we do. So how do we dig deep and lay Jesus as foundation? We hear Him and we obey Him. We hear His voice, we need to live connected, we need to abide, get connected to the vine, get born again, amen, and then what? Start listening, start receiving, and then walk out what He asks you to do. The beauty of the new covenant is you've got power in you to choose His choices. The old covenant didn't have that option. I'll show you that today. So, so you get connected to the vine, and then what happens? Revelation. He'll reveal Himself to you. He'll speak something to you, and then what do we do? Not just say amen. We, that's right, we apply it. Revelation to application leads to transformation. How many of you are just completely satisfied with where you are right now as a born again Christian? You're just satisfied, you got no room for growth anymore. You already look like Jesus in every way, shape, and form. And if you raise your hand, I'm gonna ask your spouse. (laughs) amen he's not here (laughs) so enjoy the rest of the service (laughs) revelation (laughs) application everybody say application and then transformation now i'm going to say it this way we get get you connected to the vine we're abiding in jesus we're listening to him living connected he paid a high price to do it and now revelation comes application foundation Revelation, application, foundation. If you're gonna lay Him as a foundation of your life, your home, your family, then you need to do what He asks you to do. Amen. So we've committed in this series, we want to get to know His person, get to know His voice, get to know His teachings, get to know His work, and then do what He says do. Now, if you're new to Grace Church, our desire is to be actual disciples and followers of Jesus. We are not church members. We want That's not in the Bible. We want to be students, learners of Jesus. So we are actually digging into and studying the works of Jesus, the mission of Jesus. What did he come to do? What did he marvelously accomplish? Because it's mind-blowing. And here's the ones we've looked at so far knowing the works of Jesus. He came to reintroduce the kingdom of God to us by putting the Spirit of God back inside us that He might extend His Father's intimate and redemptive rule through us. We looked at that. Jesus did not come and preach the gospel of church membership or the gospel of going to heaven. He preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, yes, you can go to heaven once you're absent from your body. I'm not taking that away from you. But Jesus wanted heaven to come here. He brought heaven here. And uh, if you'll read the Gospels, you'll see it. It's all throughout the Gospels. So uh, that's the first one, the Gospel Jesus actually preached. Number two, he came to destroy the works of the devil. We spent two weeks on that. And now, number three, he came to initiate and establish a new covenant. And we're going to get into that today. I want to say this, though. If you're not born again, I'm begging you on behalf of Christ to get born again today. Because you've got to discern the times. You need to... Not be ignorant of what's going on in the world. You need to discern what is going on. And that if you're not saved, you need to get saved. You need to receive Christ uh, into your heart. Let Him life your dead spirit. Because as Jerry Lee Lewis has said, there's a whole lot of shaking going on right now in the world. And it's all going to be shaken. If uh, the things you're leaning on that are not godly have not been proven fallible yet, it's coming. It will be proven fallible. So as I said earlier, please reject the lie and philosophy that, well, I'm a decent person. My my good outweighs my bad. I'm better than most. I'm uh, uh, better than my uh, neighbor or I go to church or whatever. Listen, you must be born again. Christ did not die just so you'd believe He came and died. He died and rose again so that the Spirit of the living God could come and live on the inside of you. You must be twice born. Born of your mama, and then born of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? So please, if that's you, I beg you, on behalf of Christ, get born again today. All right, let's go to, let's talk about this number three. He came to initiate and establish a new covenant. All I did is go through scripture and look at where either Jesus or scripture talks about the reason that Jesus came, the reason he was made manifest. Here's Luke twenty-two nineteen, And Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup after supper saying, this cup. Is the what? This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. And for this reason, Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant by means of his death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant talking about the Old Covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, the Old Testament law, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Verse 16, for where there is a testament, and that just means covenant, contract, there must be, or a will. Okay, you've heard of a will and a testament. Okay, that's what that means. It's not talking about the two testaments in your Bible. You're talking about the literal will and testament that Christ is coming to offer. There must be the death of the testator. You do not inherit what's promised until the one who's promised it passes away. For a testament or a will or a contract covenant is enforced after men are dead since it has no power while the testator lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant with Moses was dedicated without blood. Now put that with Luke 22. He said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant in my... When Jesus is dying on the cross, you've got to understand there is a lamb on that cross literally being slain to initiate a brand new blood covenant between God and humankind. Thank you, Lord. Let us see it. God always relates to His people, to His creation, through covenant. This is how He, this is how He does it, as He deals in covenant. You may not know whether you're in the covenant with God today through Jesus Christ, or you may be relating to God based on the old covenant. In other words, that if you don't keep the Ten Commandments, then God won't bless you. Well, you're in the wrong covenant, peeps. And unless you were born Jewish, that doesn't that even apply to you. This is the covenant you've been offered. The one that Jesus Christ uh, came offering. So when He offers up His body, when He pours out His blood, He was inaugurating a brand new covenant. So that's why I tell you that where your Bible says, you know, on page 1000, New Testament, that's not where it started. When does a covenant start? Shed, right, right, the death of the testator and the shedding of blood. So he's, be, he's beginning a brand new covenant that would make a way. Now listen to me very carefully. This this new covenant and the death of Jesus, His shed blood is going to make a way for God's law-keeping Spirit. How many of you know the Spirit of God cannot sin? His law-keeping Spirit, His well-pleasing Son to move inside of you. And for you to now become God's own special possession. And the Holy Spirit to teach you from within. No man will have to teach you the Holy Spirit will teach you. Oh, my goodness. And that he represents, now that he's inside you, the forgiveness of all your sin. Now, those four things I just said are terms of the new covenant contract that I'm going to show you on the screen today, right out of the Bible. And it doesn't matter if 80% of the Western church doesn't see what the terms of the new covenant are. are They don't relate to god based on these terms it doesn't matter what's happened up till now as for today we're we're going to get a hold of this okay Amen. amen we're going to get a hold of it and then we're going to live it and we're going to share it and this is very important the covenant you think you're in or whether you think you're in covenant with god or not very important because it affects how you relate to him it affects how you worship him it really affects on whether you're trying to live this Christian life for Him or if you're living life with Him, Amen. because Jesus has brought you near. Hebrews says by His blood you've been brought near to God. My goodness! Now, the new covenant Jesus initiate, is initiating was prophesied, in Jeremiah chapter thirty-one, verse thirty-one through thirty-four. So I'm going to throw up here Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. This is taken directly around starting around verse 10 or so from Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Why is that significant? Because after the Mosaic law, after the Ten Commandments and all that, in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8, uh, God divorced Israel. You heard me right. He divorced them. Because of their adultery and their idolatry and that they wouldn't keep this covenant that he had tried to make with them. So he divorced them. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet for that reason because he is letting Israel know it's done. I'm so, I'm so sorry. You blew it. But in Jeremiah 31, he prophesies that a new covenant would come and it would not, it would not be up to Israel's or man's obedience. It would be based upon God's faithfulness. It would be based on Him. He becomes now the performer of the contract. Not, not humankind. Trying to do something we were actually incapable of because we didn't have Him empowering us to even keep the Ten Commandments. Hear me now. This is, this is good. This is so important. Why does it matter that you understand the new covenant that's been offered you? Because this determines how you relate to God. Verse 6 of Hebrews 8, But now Jesus Christ, that's who He is, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as He is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises (laughs) because the onus is on Him and not on you and me. For if that first covenant had been faultless, no place would have been sought for a second one. Verse 8, because finding fault with them, and that's probably human beings, children of Israel, incapable of keeping it, but also there are weaknesses to the old covenant, and I'll show you that. There's old, There's uh, weaknesses to it. So finding fault with them... He says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Do you suppose Jesus knew anything about this when he's talking to them about this is the new covenant in my blood, which I'm going to shed for you. I think he had a a big idea of what God was doing. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand, I led them out of Egypt because they didn't continue in my covenant. So I disregarded them, says the Lord. Verse 10. But this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days. Remember, this is right out of Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Uh, Says the Lord, I'll put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. Where's he going? He's going inside. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. He's going inside. Man, that's why I tell you all the time, it's not enough to just believe Jesus died and rose again. He lived, died, rose again, and now should be living in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the keeper of the law of God. What's the hold of the law? Love. Love God. Love your neighbor. What's Romans 5, 5 say? Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. What's Ezekiel thirty six, twenty six, and twenty seven say? He prophesied that God would clean clean us, and then put His Spirit, His heart, on the inside of us, and what cause us to keep His commands. Amen. You see how much better already? I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. I've been praying all week. Don't get too excited. <laughs> Don't just blast it out. <laughs> but can you see how? This is a better covenant with better promises. I'll put my law in their mind. I'll write them on their hearts. Number two, second term, I'll be their God and they'll be my people. Amen. Who's proof that we're the purchased possession of the Lord? The Holy Spirit is the guarantee the, of your down payment. He's the down payment or guarantee of your purchased possession. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Do you not know that you're not your own, but you've been bought with a price, 1 Corinthians says, and that you are now the dwelling place for the very Spirit of God. So this Holy Spirit is the seal of God's ownership. You're probably starting to see the Holy Spirit is the execution of the New Covenant contract. He is the divine uh, executor, executive producer of the New Covenant contract at work in you. Let's look at number three. None of them shall teach his neighbor and have to teach his brother saying, hey, you need to know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. So now he's going to do away with hierarchy. You don't have to be born in the tribe of Judah or Levi, or you don't have to be of a certain country, certain gender, certain race, certain whatever. Everybody can know me. I'm doing away with hierarchy. We're all, we're all the same at the foot of the cross. Okay, so if you're here thinking that Billy Graham had something you don't, that's a lie. If you think Pope the Pope has some access to God you don't, that's a lie. Everybody in Christ has the same access. Amen. Everybody. And not only did he do away with hierarchy, he said, Now I'll put the Holy Spirit inside of you, John fourteen twenty six. Jesus said, And he'll teach you all things. You don't need a man to teach you. The Holy Spirit, the living God can teach you. Well brother Steve you saying we don't need you? Well yeah, you don't need me. Now, do I have a gift that serves this body and the body of Christ? I do. But so do you. We all do. Don't you put something on me that you're not willing to walk out yourself. We we all have a call. We all have a sign. We we are all priests. He did this for all of us. I'm just playing my part and we all as we play our part end up what? Building the body, uh developing the body of itself in love, maturity. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost, man. I beg you. I'm praying for you. Please do not let this... Yes, we're going to continue on in this, but I'm asking you this week, would you start studying the New Covenant? Would you invite the Holy Spirit? Would you ask King Jesus to start teaching you in your alone time with Him? Lord, I want to know this New Covenant. I want to relate to you by the New Covenant. Why? We're disciples of Jesus. We are students of His. How would we not know what He came to do? And this is a big one that He came to do is begin a brand new covenant. We're rolling up on Easter or what we call Resurrection Sunday. We're, we're going to celebrate. Take communion. That's going to have whole new meaning for you now. Yeah, absolutely. Communion is common union. John 6, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Communion is symbolic of Christ coming inside. The Holy Spirit coming inside you to execute the new covenant. But it couldn't start without the shedding of blood. A lamb died on that cross that day. Because that's how he starts covenant. Woo! The hair stand up on the back of my neck. My goodness. So no more hierarchy. And now who's your teacher? Holy Spirit's your teacher. Get to know him. Invite him into scripture. Don't just listen to other people teaching all the time. I'm fine with that. But let the Holy Spirit teach you as well verse 12 for i'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and lawless deeds i will remember no more there's your five terms right there and all five of them have two fantastic words did you catch them i will what was the old covenant like if you if you will then i will How many of you know, we did not. (laughs) We did not do well. (laughs) So he says, you know what? I'm going to send my son. We're going to make this right. I'm going to do it. I'm These five things. Let me tell you something. You take yourself too seriously. You don't take God serious enough. If God says, I'm going to do this, he's going to do it. This is the God who cannot lie, who absolutely understands covenant. He says, I'm going to do these five things. Would you like them? You can have them if you'll receive them by faith in the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. We take ourselves and our behavior so seriously. And we need to be taking Him seriously. And understand, my goodness, the God of the universe who cannot lie. It's not that He won't lie. He can't. says five times, I will do this. This is the new covenant. And it's available for whoever is in Christ. Now see, he says uh, with the house of Judah, Israel, and all that. Who's who's the house of Judah and Israel? Those who have the faith of Abraham. This is a faith contract. So put your faith in the Word of God and receive the new, new covenant promise. The promise. The promise. The Holy Spirit is the one who executes all of these. Verse 13, in that he says a new covenant, he's made the first one obsolete. Now what's becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I've grown up. I'm 50 years old now. I've spent a lot of time in church. There are too many quote Christians who relate to God based on the Ten Commandments. Based on if you do this, then I'll do this. That's a lie. You know, even in giving I've seen this so manipulated where they'll take Old Testament scriptures, beat people up with it, God's not going to do anything for you if you don't do something for him. Now look, I get sowing and reaping. I do, that's still in effect. I get it. This whole idea that if you don't give God any money, he's not be good to you and you're you're relating to him wrong. In the new covenant, it's a, it's an absolute insult to God that you own 90% and he owns 10. That's insulting. He owns all of you. Do you not know that you have been bought with a price that you are not your own? So guess what? That money you think is yours is His. The wallet that your money is in is His. The jeans that hold your wallet are His. The legs that your jeans are on are His. Are you with me? Well, what should we do then? Give whatever he tells you to give. It's all his. God forbid, he says, give twelve percent today, not ten. Could you imagine? Oh my gosh. I was so comfortable just giving ten. Or he might say, Hey, you know, throw ten in the cheerful givers box. That's a great principle. How many you know tithing's a great principle? It's biblical, so ten percent is good. But then he may say, Ron, man, I want you to give ten uh Tim twenty bucks too. And then after you give Tim 20, uh, give Brian and Gretchen 20 as well. Now what's he going to do? Stand on the law? Well, God, what are you talking about? I own 90 and you own 10. It's insulting. Everybody say, wrong covenant. covenant. (laughs) Everybody say, I belong to him now. Amen. All that's mine is yours. You know, you study covenant in the Bible. You know that's how it worked. They exchange robes. They exchange swords. I mean, look at some of the symbolism is fantastic. We don't have time to get into all of it today. But these five terms need to be the perimeters of your daily walk with God. Okay? God has initiated this covenant. Jesus Christ has executed it. He's your Father, your Creator. Get well-versed in the five terms of the new covenant because you're a student of Jesus. You're not a church member. You're a disciple. Okay, get, get versed in the five terms of the new covenant. I think the world would probably like to know what God actually offered. Most of the world, even, even at Easter, they're still playing the Ten Commandments. Uh, It's true, right? Charleston Heston, uh, Charlton Heston, on Easter, that is the wrong contract. (laughs) But that's what the world thinks God is. You do good, He'll be good to you. You do bad, He'll smite you. (laughs) Jesus came to initiate a brand new covenant. And every time you take communion, you're supposed to be reminded of what He's doing. The Holy Spirit inside of you is executing that covenant on a daily basis. Thank you, Jesus. If that doesn't humble you, you're not alive. I can't believe what He's done. It's stunning to me. It's absolutely stunning what He's done. I mean, we could have gone to heaven after the kingdom Uh then we could have gone to heaven after he destroyed the works of the devil. Shame, guilt, fear, separation. He justified us. Now he's sanctifying us. It's incredible what he's done. We're only on number three. (laughs) And we're we're supposed to be students of this man Jesus. Christians. There he is. (laughs) Stage door right. He enters. So the God who cannot lie says, this is my commitment to you. How many of you think God's going to break His word? How many of you think He meant, I will remember your sins no more unless you sin. And then it's off. I'm going to move inside of Holly unless Holly does something that's undeserving of me being inside of her. See how carnal we are? We think he's a man. He understands covenant. And he won't break it. So when you do a big piece of stupid, I got two words for you. Get up. Get up. Get up, quit feeling sorry for yourself and keep going. My goodness. You're a new creation bird who's learning how to fly. You are not a dog that God said, Here, go fly, dog, who has no ability to fly. But you are a new creation bird and you are learning step by step, line upon line, relationship through relationship with God on a daily basis. You're learning how to fly and become who you already are. Woo! Somebody ought to give God praise for the new creation. I'm already there. Let me show this to you. Somebody wrote this, and it's a fantastic poem. To run and work the law commands, yet gives me neither feet nor hands. But better news the gospel brings, it bids me fly and gives me wings. That is the new covenant. Amen? We ought to blow up Facebook with that thing right there. The law says, go work. Go get it done, but it gives me neither feet or hands. But now Christ comes, initiates a brand new covenant, puts the power of God on the inside of you, intimacy with God, relationship with God on the inside. Yeah, it bids you fly, but He gives you wings to do it. (coughs) Amen. Thank you, Father. My goodness. I mean, it's incredible what He's done. It's, It's just stunning what He's done. And thank you, Lord, that has been given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. He will not break his word. Are we in agreement, church? We're in agreement. Who's the house of Israel? Those with the faith of Abraham. That's you and me. So let's go back and look at some words that I ate when I ate the scripture. Hebrews 8, 6. Let me read it to you one more time just so you have it. But now Christ has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much as he's a mediator of a better covenant with better promises. So the word obtained is chano, and it means to hit the bullseye. When Christ obtained a more excellent ministry and he started this brand new covenant as our high priest, he hit the bullseye. Why does that matter? Because it's the opposite word to missing the mark. The Greek word hamarsha is sin in the New Testament. The Greek word hamarsha. And he did just the opposite. He hit the bullseye. And then when you eat it, it says this in Bible Hub as they expand on the word. Listen to this. Uh, this points out Jesus Christ. This word, to Chano points out Jesus completely satisfied what was needed for the prize. He literally won. He won for all time. And he won for you. He won for you. The next word I ate was Mercedes, I think is how you pronounce it. It means in the middle. So mediator, he's the mediator of a brand new covenant, it means in the middle. He guarantees the performance of all the terms stipulated in a covenant to intervene in order to restore peace between two parties. Guess who that was? See, he knew if I can, if I can get all men into me, I can reconnect them to the Father. John 12. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. If any man be where? In Christ, he's a new creation. The oldest passed away, new things have come. Now you're a minister of reconciliation. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. You're so reconciled to God, he's given you the ministry of reconciliation. Most churches spend their time trying to get everybody reconciled, and they're all believers. Does that make sense? So we spend all of our time trying to become something that we already are. We spend all of our time trying to get something that's already yours. Now that should sound familiar. Go back to Genesis chapter 3 to a couple named Adam and Eve who were made in the image of God and the enemy tempted them to become like God by doing something. So you got to flee religion and you got to just accept the terms this is what's happened And God is able to execute all five terms justifiably because His well-pleasing Son, the one who fulfilled, look at it there. He performed all the terms stipulated. Where is He now? He's living in you. So when God sees you, He sees His Son. Does that make sense to you? Jesus Christ perfectly fulfilled all that was required for the relationship and is now inside of you. See, here's the kicker, and I encourage you to write this down. Hopefully you're taking notes. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. Go slow. (laughs) The contract is between God and Jesus Christ. that's That's why Jesus needed to get you in him and him in you. Once union was made between mankind and Jesus Christ. Remember our union with Adam, we got born into sin. So through our union with Christ, we got born out of sin, and now we're back right with God. So what I'm trying to get you to write down here is that the contract is between God and Jesus Christ. And if you're in Christ, you're in the contract. If you're in him, John six, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, unless I enter you and you enter me, we cannot be together. Okay, you'll have no life in you. So if you're in Christ, you're in this covenant. How do we get in Christ by faith? Let the blood of Christ that He shed to initiate the contract be applied to the doorpost of your heart. New covenant inside. Okay? the Israel applied it to the doorpost of their actual uh, doorpost. But this is the doorpost of our heart. So by faith we receive the blood of Christ shed for us and then we receive with the blood the very life of Christ because the life is in the blood. And you get born again. Does that make sense? So that's... These five terms this is you you need to just be in these every day. Thank you Lord. This is what you you drew up. This is how we're to relate together. This is the contract we have together. Mm. Hallelujah. How am I doing on time? Oh, praise God. <laughs> so, uh it also means to intervene in order to restore peace. I mentioned that. It means to ratify a covenant. Let's look at the word better, which is Crichton. more fully. It means this. More fully developed covenant in reaching the needed dominion. I found that interesting. God desires dominion. Where? In our heart and in the earth. So we needed a better covenant with better promises. And better means after exerting the power needed to plant down God's flag of victory. Just eat it when you get home. Bible hub Crichton. It's a more fully developed covenant in reaching the needed dominion, what was needed for dominion. And then it's better covenant after exerting the power needed to plant down God's flag of victory. So let's look at it again in light of those words. But now Jesus has obtained, He hit the bullseye, a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as He is now a mediator. He is the middle ground, bridging the gap of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. God's planting his flag of victory. The new covenant is better than the old covenant, guys. You are now married to Christ. So don't go back and live under the law and try to please your new husband, Jesus, by sleeping with your old one. Fair enough? Don't go back. I'm reminded of Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Do not return yourself to a yoke of slavery. Well, that's powerful. The new covenant is better because in the old covenant, the promises were dependent on man's faithfulness. The new covenant is dependent upon Christ's faithfulness. Where's Christ now? He's seated at the right hand of God. Can Jesus sin? Nope. This is done. He's not here in the earth suit anymore. There's no temptations there. Awaiting Him. So that means, I'll show you number five, the old covenant was temporary. The new covenant is eternal. It will not change. It's an internal covenant. Number two, in the old covenant, there was no new birth, thus no power internally to walk out what God had asked. Number three, it's better because in the old covenant, the believers were only counted as righteous. In the new covenant, we are the righteousness of God. We have become the righteousness of God. Second Corinthians five twenty one. Isn't that awesome? You're not just an old sinner that God's counting. Okay, it's accredited to you as some righteousness. No, oh, you are the righteousness of God. You are in Christ. Amen. You have a union with Him. Number four, the old covenant only covered our sin. The new covenant, uh, our sin has been taken away. John chapter 1 verse 29, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, in the if you read Hebrews chapter 8, 9, and 10... The priests were always offering sacrifice year after year. It was simply a reminder of how sinful they were. It's a lot of blood. But Jesus Christ came one time for all time to take away sin. And the fact that it's not, there's no more offering for sin because it's finished. How about this? He's the only priest to ever sit down. And he sat down, not in the earthly man-made replica of the, of the tabernacle. He sat down in the one in heaven. The one that was actually the real one that they patterned. God gave to Moses as the pattern. And then there it is. Number five, the old covenant was temporal. The new covenant is eternal. So I want you to get this. It's very important, guys. Take a look at the screen. At Grace Church, we live under God's new covenant economy. I'm going to say it again. We live under God's new covenant economy, meaning we wholeheartedly reject transactional performance-based religion and instead wholeheartedly embrace the relationship Christ has freely given us. Go ahead and give God praise. Do we see all this perfect? Nope, not yet, but this you need to know. If you're, if you're camping here at Grace Church, you need to know this about us. We live under God's new covenant economy. This is how we relate to Him. I'm not going to put a bunch of law and shame and guilt on you. I'm going to release you to the power of the Holy Spirit to live free lives under His leadership. Come on, give God praise for that. That is fantastic news. So we reject with all of our heart, transactional, meaning if, then, if, then, performance-based religion. And instead, we embrace the relationship Christ has freely given us. We want a living relationship with the living God and His living Word and His living voice. That's, That's who we are. That's what we're about. So this has been freely given to you. Accept it. Receive it by faith. Now, it wasn't free. Jesus paid a high, high price for this so you could have it for free. He could put you in Himself and bring you to God. It's incredible. It's the greatest love story ever. If you don't love Jesus with all your heart, you don't know what he did. You you don't see it by revelation. It's incredible what he did. And he did it with a good heart. He did it because he loves you. He didn't do it begrudgingly. Listen to me. Amen. He didn't do it like a church member would have done it. Church member would have Well, God, okay, I guess. If If I have to and kick rocks the whole time. He loves you. Uh, Hebrews 12, I think it is, says, but for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Mm-hmm. Who's that joy? Yeah, it's you. It's also pleasing his father, yeah. that his father was going to get his kids back and be able to see his image in his children once again, because only by the spirit of the father do we look like the father. I don't care how how much somebody goes to church. I don't care how many dead works, uh, religious efforts people do to be like God. You cannot be like Him without Him. That is why this had to happen. My goodness. Receive the Holy Spirit, people. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receive the new birth. Don't just believe that He came and He died and He rose again. Receive the reason He did it come into internal relationship with the living God. Amen, somebody? Now, it is a gift, but let me say this. Your behavior matters. Your obedience matters, just not for the reasons you thought it did. Because I grew up in church thinking my behavior matters, Brian, because if I don't behave well, God won't like me. And I spent seven solid years and really beyond that trying to get God to love me. And he, he has loved me from the beginning. He loved me from before I started trying to get Him to love me. You see, I was just living in bondage. But I didn't understand that He cannot lie. And I didn't understand His faithfulness. So be, your behavior matters. We want to walk in obedience. We talked this morning about lordship. But your, your behavior doesn't make you right with God. Your behavior doesn't keep you right with God. Your obedience keeps the accuser out of your ear. Mm-hmm. That's right. And Jesus said in John 15, 9, Hey, when you keep my commands and do what I ask, you'll abide in my love. So it keeps you connected. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. But your emotions get clouded because sin wars against your soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Have you ever? Been, how many of you ever committed a sin and immediately you're self-aware? Immediately you feel guilt or I'm such an idiot or Whatever. I mean I wrote I wrote the book on this. I <laughs> So sin wars against your soul. So when you do what he says, your obedience does matter cuz it keeps you connected, walking with him, living the life that you're designed to live. It keeps you out of the frustration of the accuser as well. Okay, man. Now I'm ready to start talking about the terms. <laughs> and it's 10:30. Slow and steady is right. That's what he told me. I had many people praying. Just, I don't want to run out ahead uh, of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and we do the Wednesday night live stream. I encourage you jump on Facebook on Wednesday nights at 6.30 because I just expand on whatever it is that we're talking about. Uh, and it's on the website too, gracechurch.community. Uh, so let me, let me give you the first term. I mentioned it, or sorry, the first reason that it's better covenant with better promises. Okay? The first was dependent on man's faithfulness. Uh, the second is dependent upon Christ's faithfulness. Gavin, you guys can come. So remember, guys, that, uh, when God cuts covenant, it always involves terms. And if you look at Deuteronomy 28 1. If you diligently obey my voice and keep my commands, then you'll be set high in the earth and all these blessings will overtake you. But if you don't, you don't get blessed. And then you see all the cursings, right, that come. But God had to relate in the Old Testament. He had to relate to Israel by reward and punishment, blessing and cursing because nobody was born again. The Spirit of God had been forfeited in the Garden of Eden. Are you with me? Okay, so that's why Christ coming and returning that Spirit to you is huge. But uh, it was, if you do this, then I'll do this. Even the Ten Commandments, Exodus 19, if you want to do that this afternoon, Exodus 19, 5 and 6, God says, if you'll keep... Uh, the, the commands that I'm giving you, then you'll be my own special people. Does that sound familiar? I'll be your God and you'll be my people. So it shifts in the new to he says, I will. I will be your God. And you'll be my people. Uh, and then he lays out the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, verse 1 through 17. Uh, I want to give you this. And then we'll wrap it up. By the time that Jesus came... Again, there was fault with the law, mostly with the children of Israel, but they had looked, the Jews were looking so much to the law and to their rituals to save them that they missed God in the flesh. That's what religion, traditional, can do to you. They missed the whole point. The law is actually given to show us our need for God that apart from Him, we can't do anything. That was what the law, actually the end purpose of it. But they were, they were so locked into it. Do you realize that when Jesus was crucified at Passover, a whole bunch of them ran home. They had to get home in a hurry so they could eat what? Passover. And they had no idea that the real Passover lamb had just been slain. They were so locked in to the law and tradition, they murdered. I realize he gave his life for them, so don't hear what I'm not saying. But they slew the actual Passover lamb. And then how about this thought? On Sunday, as they waved their first fruit offerings to God that Jesus had risen, or sorry, as they waved their first fruit offerings to God, they didn't even realize... Jesus had just risen from the dead the first fruit offerings of brand new sons and daughters. The first fruit's offering had already risen. But they were just locked into those things and couldn't see the real reason that the law had been given. Will you stand with me? We'll pick it up there next week. We got time, right? We got time. Guys, I can't, I can't emphasize enough. If you consider yourself... A Jesus disciple. Start digging into the five terms of the new covenant. Hebrews 8, 6 through 13. It's gonna, it'll blow your mind. We'll be here for a couple of weeks, so every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, as I said earlier, and you have never accepted Jesus Christ, I want you to get born again today. But you know what? More important than that, you need to want to. So if it's in your heart, Pastor Steve, I want to receive the gift of Christ's spirit inside my heart. If that's you, will you slip your hand up and say, pray for me. Anyone, you must be born again. Okay, gathered church. Father, I pray for each and every one that's here under the sound of my voice, those worshiping online. Lord, may we see by revelation The magnitude of what you meant when you said I will write my law in your heart and in your mind. I'll be your God and you'll be my people. No one will have to teach their neighbor or brother saying, know the Lord. They can all know me. I'll start teaching them. And then, Lord, the reality that you would remember our sin no more, that you would forgive us of all sin is set in stone by the Holy Spirit living within us right now. And so I pray, Lord, that as we, you know, in the days ahead, that we would make room for you. We'd allow you to teach us, to grow us, to mature us, to look more and more like you. That, Holy Spirit, you would have your way. And that, Lord, in the midst of that, we'd be light and we'd be salt everywhere that we go. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you grateful this morning? Amen. If you have questions or you need prayer, stick around. We'll meet you here in the front, pray with you. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.